Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 11th of June. And the recording comes live from Drung last week, where we were looking at Luke chapter 7 and uh, the question of doubt and bringing our questions to Jesus. So I'll hand you over to that service now. Good morning. You're all very welcome to church here on this beautiful morning. It's great to gather for worship and good morning to those online. You're welcome to worship with us here in Drung. We begin our service with the singing of our first hymn, hymn number 321, Holy, Holy, Holy. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. We sit or kneel to pray.
and we join in the we join in the confession on page one of your card or we are on page 101 of the book of common prayer and we say together Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Merciful Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we stand for the verses on page 2. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we praise his name now in the with the old age song. I should have done earlier, but I don't know. Um, 
Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 35, and you'll find it on page 595 of your Pew Bibles. I don't think it's printed. No. Um, so, Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if there are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We affirm together what we believe as we say the Apostles' Creed on page 3. And we stand to say the Apostles' Creed on page 3, or page 112 of the prayer book. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated for we continue in prayer on page four as we join in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
and we continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that all good things come from you and we thank you for the seasonal weather we are enjoying. We give thanks for the work done and hopefully relaxation to enjoy it. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our schools and colleges as they approach the end of another academic year. We especially ask your guidance to those moving schools or studying for exams. We pray that they would know your peace at this time. And in this next prayer, we think maybe especially for all those caught up in the train crash in India. Lord, grant your healing grace to all who are sick or injured, that they may be made whole. Grant to all who are lonely, anxious or depressed a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. We pray for all those who are bereaved, especially the family and friends of Keely McGivney and of Sally Robbins and of John McDermott. Give comfort and hope to all those who mourn that they may be assured that you walk alongside them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are our shepherd and we pray that you will protect us from all danger by keeping watch over us during the coming week. Guide us towards green pastures where we can be nourished by your word and lead us to pure, still waters where we can be refreshed by your love. Merciful God, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The collect for the day is on the front of the service sheet and we join together in almighty and everlasting God. You have given us your servant's grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith that we may evermore be defended from all adversities. For you live and reign one God forever and ever. Amen. And we'll read the third prayer on page five of the service card. Go before us, Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favour and further us with your continual help that in all our works begun, continued and ended in you we may glorify your holy name and finally by your mercy attain everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, maybe Nick wants to do the uh, announcements. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 is on page 863 in your pew Bibles, or it is printed on the service sheet. And reading from verse 18. And it's entitled, Messengers from John the Baptist. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, and John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, 
Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now Nick will bring us. Thank you very much, Keith, for leading us in the service. Let me uh, pray as we look at God's word together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the the Bible. We pray that as we look at your word now, you'd answer questions we may have. Give us certainty in our faith as we've prayed in the collect for today, that you'd keep us steadfast in this faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when aren't you steadfast in the faith? What causes you to doubt? Why don't you believe at times? And maybe it's someone on the the television um, and they say something that makes you think, maybe it's some sort of celebrity atheist and they tell you that there's, there's no evidence for God and that we're just here by chance. Maybe it's something you hear on the radio or it's a friend at school or at work. Or maybe it's an experience in life that leaves you thinking, where is God? For John, John the Baptist, it was possibly uh, an experience that led him to ask questions. 
Up until that point, he was very certain, wasn't he? I mean, if anyone was certain, it was John the Baptist. If you had been there in the wilderness and heard his voice booming out, calling people to repentance, you'd have thought, here's a man who knows what he believes. There's no doubt. He's certain about what he believes. He told the crowds to repent, to turn back to God, that they were going away from God and they needed to come back. That God's Messiah was coming who would bring rescue and judgment. And so turn back before it's too late. Get ready, he said. John knew what was right and what was wrong, and he wasn't afraid to say it. In fact, it was speaking the truth about God's plan for marriage that landed him in trouble, and ultimately in prison, and ultimately to being beheaded. You see, he told a man that it was wrong for him to take someone else's wife. He knew God's ways were best, and he said, what you're doing is not right. You must not take someone else's wife. God's ways are best. He knew the hurt that would be caused if people disobeyed God's word. And he told the man, what you're doing is wrong. Stop it. But the trouble was, the man was the king, King Herod. And he didn't like being told that what he was doing was wrong. And so he locked John up in prison. And you can read about that earlier in Luke's Gospel in chapter 3. And perhaps as, Luke, uh, sorry, as John sat there in the dark dungeon he may have begun to ask questions. He had been preaching the Messiah was coming, the Messiah who'd bring rescue and judgment. And where was it? His future looked pretty bleak as he sat there in the dungeon in the dark. And so even a man as great as John found doubt creeping in. What do you do with your doubt? What do you do when those questions come to you? John did the best thing that we can do, he went to Jesus. Well, he couldn't go directly to Jesus because he was locked up in prison. So he sent two disciples. Do you see in, in chapter 7, verse 19, he sent two of his disciples to the Lord, saying, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Are you the one who is to come? Are you the Messiah, Jesus? Are you the promised one? What does Jesus say? Well, before he says anything, what does he do? Do you see verse 21 in the, in the Bibles? Verse 21, just over the page, uh, we're told, In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. That's an incredible list that Dr. Luke records for us. Uh, Dr. Luke, who wrote this gospel, who told us at the beginning of the gospel, he carefully investigated everything and wrote an orderly account for us. He tells us about these healings that Jesus did. Imagine the joy, the taste of how good it was to have uh, God's kingdom coming. The curse beginning to be reversed as Jesus opens blind eyes. Can you imagine how amazing it was to have Jesus with you in person? The joy of perhaps seeing the blue sky for the first time. If you were someone who had not been able to walk for, for years, suddenly being able to leap like a deer. How amazing it would have been. Someone who suffered with depression for years and it was lifted. How amazing it must have been. Well, Jesus says, go and tell John what you've seen and heard, verse 22. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. It's not a bad summary, is it, of what Jesus has been doing. 
But how does that help John as he's languishing there in prison? Well, these words are taken from the prophet Isaiah. They're taken, some of them, from our first reading in Isaiah 35, uh, where we're told the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame man leap like a deer. And from elsewhere in Isaiah as well. So Jesus is saying, I'm the one who's promised by Isaiah. I'm the one who's going to come and bring restoration. You see how Isaiah 35 ends. It ends by telling us, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Jesus says that's what's coming because of me. It it started with me, Jesus says. But what about judgment? John is sat there in the prison and he's saying, what about judgment? When you are wronged, you want justice, don't you? Think of the stardust inquest for the 48 who died. Think of the tomb, mother and baby home, and the 978 children who died, and we want justice. John is preaching about judgment and rescue, and he's in prison. Where is the justice? Well, Jesus doesn't answer the question directly. Instead, he says, verse 23, he says, Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Jesus is inviting John to trust him even when he's suffering, even when he doesn't fully understand. Maybe some of us wonder why Jesus is not working in the way that we expect, struggling to understand, and Jesus invites us to trust him. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Jesus says, don't be offended when I don't fit your expectations. Will you let me be God? It's a challenge, isn't it? To let Jesus be God when he doesn't fit what we want. Will we let him be God? He will bring justice, but it's a question of timing. It'd be a bit like uh, we've got a a wedding later on in, in Lara. It'd be a bit like playing funeral music at the wedding. It wouldn't fit. It wouldn't be the right tone, would it, for the wedding? The wedding's a time of celebration. And when Jesus came the first time, he came to save. He came to bring salvation. Now is the time of salvation. The door is open for people to come to Jesus. He will return as judge, as we say in the creed each week. He will return as judge. But when he came the first time, it was for salvation. So what do you do with your doubts? The best thing we can do is to learn from John to take our questions to Jesus. Well, it's all right for John, you might be thinking. He could send messengers to Jesus. But we're going to discover in just a moment we're in a more privileged position than John the Baptist. You see, we have more, as Jesus will tell in, in verse 28. But John died before Jesus had died. He died before he got to see Jesus dying for him. He died before he got to see Jesus rising again. John died before the ascension, before the Holy Spirit was given, before the New Testament was written. When we have our doubts, we can pray directly to Jesus. We don't need to send messengers. We can pray directly to him and ask him. Ask him to answer our doubts through his word. We can trust that he will help us. We can trust that he'll help us to see what is true about him. Jesus loves his people 
Uh, and he comes now to the defense of John. After the messengers have gone, he wants to defend John. He's, he is his beloved messenger. And maybe Jesus knows that people might have been tempted to doubt John's message because he's there in prison. But look what Jesus says about John in verse 24. He says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Did you go out to see someone who was, was like, a, you know what a reed is like in, in the breeze, there's a breeze today. Uh, it would blow this way and that. It goes this way and that. Did you go out into the wilderness to, 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 to listen to someone who, who blows this way and that, you know, who get, just goes with whatever the public, popular opinion is at, of the time? Well, no, you, you wouldn't need to go out to the wilderness to do that, would you? You can find many people who just go with whatever the popular opinion is. Did you go out to see a well-dressed man? Uh, no, John wore camel's hair, didn't he? He wasn't a well-dressed man. He was a, a rough-looking man. He wasn't a civil servant paid to deliver a message. No, why did you go out to hear John? Well, because he was a prophet, Jesus says. He was a prophet in verse 26. And more than a prophet. Jesus says he's the greatest prophet. Why is that? Well, all the other prophets lived hundreds of years earlier and they looked forward to Jesus' coming. But John the Baptist actually got to meet Jesus and introduce him to others. He got to baptise Jesus. So Jesus says he's the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He, he introduced Jesus. He introduced the Messiah. No one is greater except. It's a funny thing to say, isn't it? No one is greater except. No one is greater among the Old Testament prophets except those who are in the New Testament. The youngest believer in the New Testament has a more privileged position than John the Baptist. Why is that? Well, well, think about the creed that we say each week. John the Baptist could have only got so far. He could have only got to born of the Virgin Mary. And then he'd have got stuck, wouldn't he? He wouldn't have been able to talk about Jesus being crucified for us. Because that hadn't happened. He wouldn't have been able to talk about Jesus rising again. He, he wouldn't be able to talk about Jesus coming again to judge the living and the dead. He wouldn't be able to have talked about the, the Holy Spirit being given, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. As Christians, we're in a wonderful, wonderful position. And actually, we can help others more than John. All John could do was tell people to repent and to believe, to, to repent and be baptised, to, to, to turn away from their sin. But we can tell people how they can be forgiven. Don't you know that? You can tell someone how they can be forgiven, that Jesus has died in your place, punished for you so you can be totally forgiven. You can know the joy of being adopted into God's family, the privilege of having peace with God, a glorious future with a resurrection body, a new heaven and a new earth. You're able to say all of that. You're able to be more of a prophet, in a sense, than John the Baptist was. What a glorious message. But if it's so glorious, why don't more people believe? And if many people don't believe, does that cause you to doubt? Are you odd coming to church on a Sunday morning? Why, why are you here? Why, why continue? If Ireland is drifting away from belief in God, why? Are you here? Why believe? 
Well, Luke explains who it is that believes and who doesn't. And he tells us it's not about evidence, but it's about whether you're willing to let God be God. It's about whether we're willing to repent. Do you see, we're told about those who believe and those who don't believe, and it's a, it's a bit of a surprise. It's not quite what we expect. Verse 29 tells us who believes. When the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptised with the baptism of John. Who was it that got baptised by John? It was those who saw, I need to repent. People like the tax collectors who knew they were sinners. It was easy for them, in a sense. They, they knew they were cheating people. They knew they needed forgiveness. And so they accepted the message very, very quickly. And others, as they heard John preaching, came under a, a sense of awareness that they f- f- fell short of God's perfect standards. And they repented. Who didn't believe? Well, the surprise in verse 30, is that it's the religious who refuse to repent. The Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptised by him. Isn't that a surprise that the religious were the ones who refused to believe, who refused to repent? You see, they thought they were good enough. They thought they had nothing to say sorry for, no need of forgiveness. They thought, it's offensive to tell someone like me that I need to repent. But look how Luke describes them. It's so sad, isn't it? Despite all their religion, we're told they rejected the purpose of God for themselves. Wouldn't that be an awful thing to do? To just go through the motions of religion, but actually to reject the purpose of God for yourself. That's so sad. And Luke ends by telling us the madness of unbelief. There in verses 31 to 35. As Jesus looks out on the unbelieving people, the religious people, he compares them to children who refuse to play because they're not getting their own way. Uh, Children tend to play what they see the grown-ups playing, don't they? I remember when when we moved here um, just over seven years ago, seeing the different games that the children played here to where we'd come from. And one of the things we noticed was everyone had toy farms and toy tractors and toy slurry tanks. We didn't have that. You play what you see the grown-ups doing. And here in the first century, what did they see the grown-ups doing? They saw them getting married. And so they said, let's play weddings. I know, I'll play the flute and you dance. We'll do a bit of joyful music and you dance. And you said, no, I don't want to play that. So they said, okay, all right, well, let's play funerals. Grown-ups do funerals. Well, let's play funerals. I'll play a a dirge, a lament, a sad song, and you weep. No, no, I don't want to play that. Well, what do you want to play? Jesus says it's like that. John the Baptist came, and he preached a message of repentance. He said, "You, you must repent of your sins. And you said, he's too serious. He's got a demon. And Jesus came... And he preached salvation. He preached you can be friends with God. You can come into the kingdom of God because of me, Jesus says. And he was then then welcoming the tax collectors and the sinners and those who knew they needed forgiveness. And so you said, you're too joyful. Which is it? Are you too serious or too joyful? 
It's the same today, isn't it? People reject Christianity. And some say it's too judgmental, telling people what to do. And others say it's too soft. You just have to believe in Jesus. Is that, is that all you have to do? Some say it's too intellectual. I'm, I'm not much of a reader. It's too, it's too academic for me. I'm, I'm not into that. Others say it's too simple. What do you mean? I just have to believe in Jesus and I can be saved. It's like the person who keeps changing their car and they're never satisfied. Oh, the, the tires wear out too quickly. It drinks too much oil, drinks too much petrol. Never satisfied. But there are some who do believe. Do you see in verse 35, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Some who've experienced that what Jesus says is true. Maybe you, you know that. You, you know what it is to have real guilt forgiven. To have real forgiveness. You know you've done things wrong and you've come and you've found forgiveness, freedom. You've experienced peace and joy. Does that mean you'll never have doubts? No. But hopefully you'll know what to do with your doubt. To take them to Jesus and to ask him. To ask yourself the question as those doubts creep in, did Jesus Christ really die on the cross 2,000 years ago? Well, yes, it happened in public. It's undisputed that Jesus died on the cross. Did he really rise again? Well, what else happened to the body? And what about the resurrection appearances? And what about the changed lives of the disciples? Yes, he did really rise again. Well, is he trustworthy? And as I read through the Gospels, do you not find Jesus to be totally trustworthy? And to hear his words, to come to him. Well, let's close as we pray. Lord Jesus, you are trustworthy. And we pray we'd be those who come to you with our questions, with our doubts, and find reassurance as we look in your word as to your beautiful character, that you're gentle and lowly, that you're compassionate, that you're loving. Please uh, convince us of the truth about you and the truth about ourselves, that we may be those who worship you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Nick, for that. Uh, our offertory hymn is hymn number 627. What a friend we have in Jesus. And Hazel, obviously, is going to play first. Thank you, Hazel. Thank you. 
bring our time together to a close as we join in the words of the grace the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all evermore amen let me just uh, give you the up-to-date announcements and that's to say this wednesday there's a bible study in the rectory at 8:30. stradone tots and toys on thursday morning at 10 a.m and then our teens for christ barbecue will be happening on saturday the 17th of june uh, and our next in touch will be on the 22nd of june at 3:30 i think that's it by way of announcements so thank you for joining us this morning uh, god bless bye bye